right, everybody. I think we are live streaming on the social, <laughs> the YouTube. It says Gutenberg. <laughs> That's okay. We're going to give it a minute, let some people join, and then we'll dive off into our topic today. We are super excited to be here with everybody. I think this might be my first time on here this year. Happy 2019, everybody. All right. Today we're going to talk about how to prevent scope creep. If you build websites for clients, this is a topic that you're going to want to pay attention to because inevitably it's going to happen. Clients are going to ask for more than they agreed to pay for. And you're going to know how to, you need to know how to deal with it, you know, and sometimes it's hard dealing with it. And that's just the reality. So um, before we dive off into today's topic, let's meet these awesome panelists. Ladies first. Hi, Leslie. Hi, I am Leslie Burnell and I am down in Texas and you can find me at a girl and her Mac dot design. Yeah. Awesome. Hello, SJ. Hello, Governor. You all right? My name is SJ, and I am a web developer from South Sea in England, on the coast. Boom. Awesome. You can find me at Divi Space, Aspen Grove, any of the Divi theme user groups, anywhere <laughs> online. Just troll me. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Hey, Josh. Hey, everybody. Good to be here. First Divi chat, just like you, David. First one for me of the year, so... Good to be back. Uh, I am Josh coming to you from Columbus, Ohio with my brand spanking new microphone. So I'm sounding probably mm -hmm. almost as good as David and Tim. <laughs> Although David very kindly reminded me that this microphone is so 2018. So yet again, I am late to the party. But uh, you can find me at joshhall.co where I have a bunch of Divi tutorials, courses, and all that good stuff. Fantastic. Well, super glad to have you back as well, Josh. And... Let me just pull the microphone <laughs> here really close. <laughs> Did you make a sound effect? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> my name is David Blackman with Aspen Grove Studios, Divi Space, WP Gears, and WP the Podcast, but it kind of crosses with WP Gears. So we promise we're coming back. We've taken a hiatus on that podcast too. So um, I don't think we've done one for that one this year either, but Enough about me and more about scope creep. I want to say hey to everybody that's watching live, tuning in, all the usual suspects, the regulars. Happy Hi. New Year. It's good to see everybody. Hey, Mike. Hey, Marcy. Hey, Nancy. And uh, scope creep. Who wants to define it? Since our resident definer is sick throwing up at home, <laughs> Tim is not feeling good. Corey's at the beach. Man. <laughs> Rough life, rough life. So I was going to say, I just had a moment of panic then when I realized Tim wasn't here to define it. <laughs> <laughs> I can, oh, I could give it a go if no one else wants to. Come on, Josh, you Sorry, can do it. Josh. Do it. So scope, it, scope creep may depend on the type of uh, development you're doing in regards to websites, but the way I like to explain it is, it's basically when a project, the term I like to use is grow legs or the project becomes a little bigger, or there's new functionality added that you are not expecting, or you did not agree on with the client. So a prime example would be, you build a website, it's, it's under development, and the client says, oh, by the way, I just want to add a calendar with events, and I want them to be able to pay online. And it's <laughs> like, well, uh, we can do that, but that was... Products. That was not in the original proposal and it sounds easy to do that sort of thing, but that's a good example of scope creep. And I use that because that's often one that I get, uh, which is, which I'm sure we'll talk about methods to prevent scope creep, but um, that's kind of like the way I, I like to des describe it is it's, it's a project that grows legs and both parties, it affects pretty, pretty big, pretty drastically. I was busy texting my son and I missed that, Josh. Could you repeat that <laughs> definition? Yeah, I said scope creep is when you have 18 businesses like David Blackman and they're all getting out of control. <laughs> Just playing. Yeah, I, I think that, uh, I think anytime you go outside of the, the confines of the agreement that you have either signed, which hopefully you're getting a signed agreement when you do web projects with clients, 
anything that goes outside of that would be considered, you know, probably scope creep. You know, they're, they're trying to creep up. I like that. Grows legs. Did you say <laughs> your party, Josh? Grows legs? <laughs> What's that? You, did you say that it grows legs from either side, either party? <laughs> well, no, I said uh, scope, cre- scope creep will affect both sides. But, uh, oh, but yes, a project can, can grow legs and become uh, very ugly very quickly if that's not all decided on. Absolutely. All but right. You- you bring up a good point there, David, that scope creep can happen from both sides. So yeah. it's essentially anything that happens outside of the agreement. We can be as guilty of it as the clients are sometimes. Absolutely. So um, do you guys have any good scope, scope creep stories slash that could po- kind of put things into context? And then we can dive into doing maybe some things that, uh, you know, that to help prevent scope creep and stuff. Do you guys have any... Well- I think it mostly happens when, um, like when I started out, you know, I didn't really know much and you, I didn't have contracts. I didn't do anything in writing. Um, yeah, I just wanted to get clients. I wanted to get some work and, um, probably a lot of people do that. And that's just kind of how you learn the hard way. And that's when, you know, you kind of have this verbal agreement and, um, you want to be nice and you, you know, you're excited to get work and stuff like that. And that's when it, it happened to me in my first year. And, it's, it's, it's awkward because you don't want to lose, you know, you don't want to mess up the relationship. You want to have a good rapport, but at the same time, you do, you, you sense that, hold on, this isn't really fair. That's, that's more time, which means more money. Um, but yeah, I think it's probably everybody's going to experience it when they first start out. Um, unless you just happen to be really good and start with contracts at first and really be really good about it. But I think a lot of people don't, I didn't. Oh, I feel some questions spawning off. I have a question for you. Is scope creep ever acceptable and okay? Well, I know for me, um, I'm not super nitpicky, probably as a lot of people, or maybe as I should be. If I know something's going to take five minutes, um, I'm I'm probably not going to make a deal out of it, but I will have the conversation usually that, okay, this is outside, but I'll go ahead and do it. It really just depends on the time for me. Um, there's a lot of things like SJ mentioned, I'll throw in stuff that they didn't even ask for. And I'll be building and be like, you know what, I really should have brought this up. And then I'll throw it in. Um, and then I'll, you know, discuss it with them. But um, I don't know, I guess everybody kind of handles that different as far as any of it is acceptable. Big stuff. No, I wouldn't say is acceptable. What about you guys, Josh or, or SJ? I would say sometimes scope creep is, is not only acceptable, but it's necessary. So if you're, contract is so ambiguous that actually the the project isn't fully formed or the idea of the project isn't fully formed sometimes you need scope creep just to get it across the line and some people like working like that they're not someone that to sit down and write down every single bullet point of what the project's going to look like there's somebody that says right okay i'm going to build your website now let's do this together that's the contract signed now we're going to have a conversation about how this works what it looks like the, the, the features and stuff that you need. They might do one iteration and then go, what do you think? And then the client will feed back and then they'll sit down and then they'll go through stuff in more detail. And to one designer, that's the process. And to another designer, that might be considered scope creep. So it's got to be sure that kind of you know how you work. Um, but talking to what Leslie said as well. So The other side of that is that you've got designers and developers that say, okay, I'll just add this in or I'll do this because it's a nice thing to have, (laughs) or, you know, it's, it's, it's going above and beyond their expectations. It can only be a good thing, but then you add it in and then the client sees it and they go, what is this? I didn't ask for it. And You can't, you can't know that they're going to enjoy the changes that you've made unless they're part of the brief. So it can be a dangerous double-edged sword trying to do things to be nice. You could actually be moving further away from the brief um, and from what they wanted rather than closer to it. Um, That's why you should only ever do stuff that's in the contract and you should make sure that your contracts aren't ambiguous and that everything that you do is clear. (coughs) I think one way to do that, um, sorry, one way to do that is to actually give examples of what you would consider scope creep. So don't just kind of, expect them to know what they're not allowed to do you could say things like if you're doing a logo design for example you could say um included in the scope is four iterations of this logo not included in this 
in this would be a complete redesign of the the ideas that I give you. If you want to do that, then we have to pay more for the initial ideas. Just so there can be no, you know, 10 weeks down the line, they go, I didn't want this or I wanted this. And they're trying to add stuff and just make sure they have examples of what isn't okay and what is okay. <laughs> David has a question. <laughs> David. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually screenshotting and waving. Oh. <laughs> Josh? Yeah, I was just going to back up what both Leslie and SJ have said to this point. Like for me, most of my nightmare scope creep experiences have been my fault for the most part. And partially it was in the beginning, I was too nice to say no. And honestly, when you're getting started, you'll likely have some scope creep. And I think that's okay as long as you're not killing yourself or you're paying to build a website. Um, but as you get more experience and as you kind of level up as a web designer, you'll find, like in my case, if you're a nice guy and you tend to just be a people pleaser and try to do all you can, at some point it's going to wear you down and scope creep is going to be very costly, not only for a monetary sense, but for time, which is, as we all know, is probably more important than anything. Um, so I'm still a nice guy, but I'm much more firm in the deliverables, which is kind of what SJ was hitting on. So I mean, honestly, it's one of the hardest things we'll probably deal with as web designers. I'm, I've been doing this for almost a decade now, but it's still very tough to determine exactly what's involved with a project and how it's going to go. But the way that I have really helped uh, myself with, with scope creep is once a project gets close to that proposal stages, I have like a list of deliverables. And I'm not going to give my client a 200-point list of everything that's involved with the web design process. But... I will give them del deliverables of like what pages to expect, um, how many maybe pages we can add within this, what kind of functionality. So if it's like a calendar or events or payment process, um, stuff like that, we're going to have in the kind of list of deliver deliverables. That way I can say, okay, these things are covered, but if you want to add like a, a portfolio gallery with these pages here. We didn't talk about that. So it's something I can do, but we'll have to add extra. Or one thing that's really helped me with scope creep to not piss clients off is to say, we can do this, but we're either going to have to to do like a separate retainer for this, or we can do this in kind of a phase two. So why don't we launch the site as, as we've talked about now, and then we can add this as like a phase two, which can lead to more work. Yeah. Um, so I didn't mean to jump the gun on like solutions for that, but yeah, generally those are my two biggest things is just being too nice. And, um, you know, which is kind of good in some way, cause you want to go above and beyond for your clients. But again, if it's something that's going to wear you down and cost you money, it's just not going to be a good experience all around. I guess my experience, I'll answer the question that I asked and posed to you guys as well. Um, I probably had more problems with scope creep early on in my web design career, kind of like Leslie and you guys were talking about. Um, and I just got to a point kind of to where I realized that my time is valuable and I had to be able to, to speak up for myself. I had to, to learn how to do that in a, in a positive way and, and not a scared, angry or negative way. Um, so my question was, is scope creep ever okay? And my answer is, I think, yes, absolutely. It depends. Um, obviously, we are in the customer service business. And um, what we do is going to, you know, carry on for a long time. And you may get to a point where you have to make a decision of, do I do this? Do I draw a line in the sand? How is this going to benefit me? And that's ultimately what you have to do. You end up having to, to weigh out the pros and the cons of the actual scope creep. Is there a value in me doing this? Do I need to put my foot down? Do I need to draw a line in the sand and say, hey, no, this is not in the agreement. It's out of scope. I can't do it. Or are you able to see, what if I do this? What's, what's the positive return on, on me actually doing this? Um, and there may be some times where you have to draw your line, your line in the sand and say, no, I need to charge for this. This is out of the contract. But th I think there are times and there have been times where intuitively I've known this is going to be a, a valuable long-term client. Yeah. The return that's going to come from them over time is going to far outweigh 
the, the time that it's going to take me right now to do this. Um, on the flip side, I have had those types of clients where I knew they were going to be a long-term good client and I charged them anyways. I didn't do it. I brought it up. And why would I do something like that with some scope creeps and not other scope creeps? And uh, for me personally, it has to do with um, just every situation is unique and you, and you need to, you need to get to a point to where you know when you can ask for your value of what you need, you know, which may be money or dollars or return, or you may realize that this client is, it, it, you, you may not need to, you may not want to, the value is going to be there, but it's going to be in different ways and stuff. I don't know if I was confusing or I may, if I made any sense at all. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Like it definitely depends on the project. It may depend on, like you said, the client, if it's going to be worth it in the long run. For me, I kind of base it as like, is it something that might take an extra hour or two? Because in that case, sure, I'll, I'll bust that out, particularly if it's a bigger job that's several thousand dollars. Uh, but if it's something that integrates like a whole new payment system or something that's going to take a lot of development, that's where I definitely draw the line. And then in that case, like I found that you don't want to make your job look too easy. So you don't want to say, yeah, we can build out a payment system for you. And then you do it. And then the client's like, Oh yeah, they can do that. Like, you know, for free basically. Um, <laughs> so it is kind of a double-edged sword, but generally for me, like if a client has a contact form and they say, you know, I'd love to have like a request a quote form, like a similar form, but maybe a different one. Sure. I'll do that. Or if they're like, maybe I would love to have like a testimonial slider. Um, generally those kind of things I'll add in no problem. I mean, I'm not going to nickel and dime a client for a little extra time, but again, it just depends on the situation. And if you find that they're asking that like weekly or several stages throughout the yeah. process, if you add one hour here, two hours, <laughs> that's where it can get a little dangerous. Yeah. Uh, I did think of, you know, um, this is funny. Josh started talking and he mentioned payment systems. And I remember very early in my WordPress career, um, the scope creep that got me in the biggest trouble and I lost the most money because it took me like forever and a day. And hey, I'm a firm believer in things happen for a reason. They don't happen by mistake. This ultimately led me down a path of building e-commerce websites and having that skill set in our company building them. Um, and the value was there. But I remember not knowing much about WordPress, building a site for a client, and they asked me if, if we could integrate an e-commerce site. It's only this free plugin called WooCommerce. Can you add that to the site and stuff? Sure, no problem. We'll take mm. care of it for you. <laughs> Next thing I know, you know, <laughs> I had no idea that, uh, that there was so much work that went into installing this yeah. free That's plugin. That's how I first played oh, WooCommerce, you know. And that was physical but, products. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, this was, this was physical products. And, you know, when you have 100 products, five images per product, you know, descriptions, all this stuff, it ends up being in the thousands of, product optimizations and stuff that you have to do. And it was just, it was literally insane. But on the flip side, I had more e-commerce website builds that next two years, which led to our own e-commerce website being built. Um, so even though it was a, a very much a negative at the time, it ended up turning into a positive and stuff down the road. So it's interesting. I, I feel, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I think sites like Wix and Squarespace have really done web designers and developers across the world a disservice because a lot of clients will just think, well, you know, there's commercials on build your own website and you can take payments really easy. So it's almost like they're wired or programmed to say, Oh, I want to take payments just because they see these kind of marketing um, you know, from these different platforms. And even though things like WooCommerce and the tools that we use do make things a lot easier than they were in years previous, um, it's almost like a battle. You almost have to like retrain clients, I feel like, or at least I've found, I almost kind of have to train them that I don't want to scare them off and I don't want to stress them out, but I do want to let them know it's not as easy as it sounds. Like there's a lot of things that you need to think through 
before we can just say, yeah, we'll add a, a store to your website. Um, so maybe that's a different topic, but. <laughs> but again, that comes down to, so some clients don't care what software you use, what system you use to build them a site. They just want it to work for their, what they want it to do, right? So if they're saying, oh yeah, we could do this easily with Wix, so I don't understand why it's taken so long. You have to kind of explain to them that, yeah, okay, if you want a cookie cutter website that can literally do just the things it is labeled to do, then you can go and build that with Wix. But if you want something that is extendable and extensible in a way that you need it to be, you don't want a cookie, you want a wedding cake. It's not the same thing, but it does come down to kind of client training. One thing I wanted to come back to that we mentioned earlier is we were talking about kind of what's an acceptable amount of scope creep. And I think even though you never tell the client this, you, you do build in buffer days, right? You build in padding days to your, your project. You say, oh, right, okay, 10% goes on the client being an ass. And then you just kind of <laughs> you, you go from there. And yeah, okay. you, you get to be the gracious person to go, do you know what? It's not in the scope, but I'll do it because you're a good client. <laughs> but really it was always, you know, it, it was always accommodated for in the price. Um, that's, that's is where my level of acceptable scope creep is. The second it goes into areas where I didn't charge for it, it's kind of like, well, now we're going to have to have a hard, dis a hard discussion, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I'm going to steal that line, by the way, SJ, do you want yeah, a cookie or do you want a wedding cookie cake? Or a wedding cake. Because <laughs> that's it, isn't it? Squarespace and Wix have done, you know, they're not um they're not it's being missold. They're not being missold. They are they're yeah. good at doing exactly what they do, but nothing more. Whereas WordPress is, you know, wholly more extensible, which is why we love it and why we, we haven't all jumped on the Wix train and just <laughs> scooted on over there, you know? Right, exactly. Yeah. Like if if a client wants a simple store, then yeah, they could get by with Wix or Squarespace. But if they want dynamic pricing and pricing options and some of these other things, then it's like, well, that's when the, the education part comes into And into David place. touched on a good one earlier. Don't let a client tell you whether something's easy or not, because if it yeah. was easy, they'd be doing it. It's exactly. got, when a client goes, that'll only take you two hours. Go, How do you know? <laughs> <laughs> that could be, it sounds easy to you. Because there are some things that are, um, you know, visually very simple that take ages. And then there are other things that are, very very complicated that are very easy to do but your clients don't know that so i've had so many people try and tell me you could do that in five minutes you're talented you're a good guy yeah it's, like, it, it doesn't work like that it's the line the line that i get all the time still is you could probably bust this out in like a half an hour or an hour um, that actually leads me to a point that i forgot i wanted to make and that is if you do have a, a, a savvy client that wants to try it out that's where often I'll say, well, you can download WooCommerce and you can try it out. Like you can try it yourself. I have done that with some clients recently. I've done that once. <laughs> yeah. And then they will more than likely come back to you and be like, okay, yeah, let's just do some extra hours or whatever we need to do. Uh, more than likely that'll be the case. But yeah, that's an option too to prevent scope creep is to say, if we don't want to wait to do this or we don't want to add more to the project now, you can try it out. If you do think it's that easy and you're pretty savvy, by all, you know, obviously you want to say that in a res respectful way. I think you should do the same thing for WordPress when they say <laughs> it's free. Let them go install it. Give them a place. It's got the blank slate. Go ahead. Build yourself a website. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I think my best clients are people that have tried it themselves and then come back with their tail between their legs and gone, I'm sorry. Yes. Can you do it please? Cause it's not as easy as it looks because they have a little bit more respect for what you do. And they realize that it isn't Wix and it's not Squarespace and it does take some skill and you do need to know the things that you're, you're, you're doing. You can't just kind of, I think, again, you have the same issue with the Divi layouts. I think people, if you've used Divi and the layouts, um, and you've installed them, then you could be fooled into thinking that you can have a website up and running in five minutes, which you can, but it will only be as good as what those layouts are templated to be. You'll never be able to push it beyond its boundaries without that skill set. So maybe kind of the trick to not just scope creep, but everything is to kind of better uh, explain what your skill set is and why they're paying the money that they are for the services that you're offering, you know? 
Well, and as Jay mentioned, the word respect, that's that's kind of what it comes down to. I mean, they need to respect that it's your profession. It's not your hobby. This is how you make your money. This is how you feed your kids, you know, so that needs to be there along with the trust that you that they trust you that to know what you're doing. Um, and I did also want to circle back how SJ also mentioned. Um, I'm real. I've been really bad about this, but clients have no idea what takes long or what goes into making certain features. So it's not really their fault if they, if you know, if they might come out and be like, oh, well, that's not going to take long, right? They may actually think that's not going to take long. You know, they may not be just kind of put, you know, trying to get something for free. Um, and I've been really bad about talking to everybody as if they know what I know. And it's, it's hard to get out of that. Um, but, but yeah, you just have to learn to communicate really well and, and sometimes explain more than, than what you really wanted to go, go through and all the details and all that. But a lot of times they, they don't know. And I have to try to get myself to, okay, back <laughs> off, cool off. You know, they, they, they're just, you know, they don't understand this stuff. So. That's a really good point. And I think it's important for us, particularly we've been doing this for a lot of years to kind of go do like a flashback to when you didn't know web design. Like I remember when I was in a band and we were looking to get a website design, one of my web code buddies, um, I was like, Hey, how much do you think it would take to build like a, it was like a seven page site with like a calendar and uh, some stuff like that. And this was back in the Dreamweaver days. So before WordPress was even popular, but uh, I was thinking like maybe 250, 300. And he came back with like a $1,500 quote and I was floored and I just had no <laughs> understanding of that. So I do think about that. Like now, of course I understand. I'm like only 1500. Whereas <laughs> back then I was like, I was taken back. Um, so it is. Hey, it, it's a, me. Yeah. It's a good point though, Leslie. Like, and honestly, I think it's just important to put yourself in their, their shoes. Um, this of course would go across all versions or every, all kinds of topics in relations to working with your client, but particularly for scope creep, it is, it just goes back to the thought that they don't necessarily know. They don't know what, you know, all they know is, you know, what they've been exposed to or what they've seen with Wix commercials and things like that. So um, it does take a little education, which can be time consuming. And I wouldn't recommend doing a whole lot of one-on-one -on -one education. If you think it's not a good lead because you're going to end up burning potentially hours of your time for somebody to, you know, freak out when you send them a, a decent quote. But if it is a qualified lead that you really want to pursue, that's where it's worth taking a little time to um, to talk about the initial details before you actually move forward to help prevent scope creep. We have a pretty good question in the chat. Uh, Julio asks about, in regards to scope creep, about training. Julio says that uh, he had a, a client recently that demanded that he train them how to use Divi, I'm assuming Divi, we're on Divi chat. So um, how to use this platform that he built the site on, you know, and the client was insisting, how are we supposed to, you know, use this thing that we don't know how to use? You should train for it. And here, here's what I will say to that. We, in every single one of our agreements on websites that we build for clients, Julio, we definitely um, have in a clause that we will train for X amount of time, you have to figure out what that is for yourself. We provide videos that we've pre-recorded that we already have and stuff. We give it to them. We also offer an additional X. I think it's a maximum of two hours of training and anything beyond that, that they need, they either need to hire us to maintain their website for them, or they need to pay for more training. Uh, we will give them everything we feel they need to manage their website. Uh, if they're building a big e-commerce platform, for example, and they're going to be adding products and changing prices and having sales, there's a lot of stuff that goes into that. We'll build that into the build of the website. But if it's just a standard brochure website and all they have is a blog and they're not going to be creating pages, we will show them how to, um, you know, at a blog post, you know, normally we will, we've already created these videos, these training videos several years ago, WordPress hasn't changed. Divi hasn't really changed in the way that you go about adding that stuff. So you really can streamline your process, give them that information over and over and over. Cause it's not make the videos generic. Don't make it 
branded and, to well and that goes back to clients don't know that training doesn't come with it and they don't yeah. know that logos don't come with a website you know that's that's just stuff that and you learn as you go like crap i need to put this in, in writing i need to go over this before and with every project every project you're you should learn something and you know update your contract and and kind of tweak things yeah what yes. about you guys with training how do y'all okay. i'm excited you? can i jump on this one real quick because this is <laughs> this is something that i'm super super passionate about um so Yes. To Leslie's points you just made, you want to find out from the get-go, are they expecting to manage the site? Or more importantly, do they have multiple people expecting to manage the site? Because if you train one person and they leave the company, or if they have someone else to assist with the website, you're going to have to do all that over again. So I do exactly what David just said. And I have some generic resources some generic tutorial videos on Divi WordPress and stuff like that, that are all still relevant. I did them two years ago. And unless I start using Gutenberg or things change dramatically, those are still going to be relevant. But I have what I call a client resources page on my site and all my, my clients have access to that if they want to. So basic generic videos that have helped save me a lot of time on projects where a client is doing a lot more advanced work where they have maybe a store, maybe things are really specific to their site with like certain library items and things like that. Generally what I'll do is if I found if I find out that they want to manage the website, I'll create a custom tutorial video or videos and I'll use uh, Tim's Divi dashboard welcome plugin to have like a custom dashboard for their site. So they log in, they have all my videos there and I'm telling you guys that has saved me countless hours in being able to, you know, avoid phone calls, extra emails and stuff like that. And inevitably I will get some questions periodically, but generally I know that, okay, this is, you know, this client is expecting to manage their site. And I know from the get go, they might need a custom training video. And that is a line item in the quote. So um, that's something too, as far as scope creep, I will generally you know, if they just ask for some basics, I'll go ahead and give them some basics. But if they're asking for like a full, you know, training on like hours of how to do things, I want to make sure I have that in place or we need to to build it out separately as a, as a separate thing. So I say all that to say, I wrote a whole full series on this for the Elegant Themes blog. So I put that in the uh, the chat here I'll for us. Here. So yeah, Leslie, if you want to put that in the notes, you can, re it's all free. You can uh, reference back to that. Um, those are the things that have really helped me with time and it has saved some of my hair too. Cause, uh, it, <laughs> it was starting to go. Yeah. Maybe that's yeah. what's happened. Yeah. Too Don't much scope creep. Finally Don't found out. What problem. <laughs> it was scope creep. <laughs> Don't be discouraged if you, um, maybe you don't know how to put videos together or maybe, you know, like maybe you don't want to, maybe you're kind of scared to, you know, if, if you don't have the time yet or not confidence yet, um, to put those together for your clients there's a WordPress community out there. If you need to link to other, you know, WP beginner or um, things on using the, the regular default blog post or whatever, there's plenty of Divi tutorials out there. Um, don't feel like you can't give them anything just because you don't know how to make your own videos yet. There is stuff, you know, to, to use out there that you can show them until you get ready to do your own. Yeah. Stuff. yeah we'll, we'll give Sean Hesketh a shout out at WP 101. Uh, he does training like that. And it's, very affordable, economical, and you you can let your clients use it. You can put it on your client's site, so it's not like you're giving your log out to any login out to everybody, and they're not paying for it. He actually has a plan for that. So, Josh has been putting out so many damn courses. He might even have something like that coming out soon. <laughs> what what's what's that? I said some of those training videos and stuff. Oh yeah, may, well. You know, and you may, you may put, think about putting that out, you know, for, cause you do really good with videos and stuff. So thanks, man. Well, and it, it has, it's been something that I've had to really work on and get better. I was terrified the first time I had a mic in front of me. So yeah, to Leslie's point, not everyone's going to have a nice quality system to go to, to a tutorial. So you can link back to WP 101. Um, Divi has, as we all know, like uh, there's so many tutorials, we could spend a month on it. Um, but the only problem with those is they are a little generic and sometimes projects do require a little more kind of customization. Uh, but the way I look at it is if you're not comfortable on camera, don't do camera, just do a screenshot. And if you're not, or a screen record, and if you don't feel like you're, you're comfortable with a screen record, 
what I would challenge you to think about is if you're going to do this with a client, why can't you do it just by yourself? And that way it's going to save you having to do it over and over and over again. So as weird as it sounds, you can almost pretend like your client's sitting there and you're like, okay, here's Divi. Here's the builder. Here's how we do a post. Here's how we do a page. Uh, and you'll be surprised at how far you can come along pretty quickly. And last thing I want to say about that is if you do custom videos like that for your clients, it's going to up you to like expert status with them very quickly because they're like, oh, wow, this video is by awesome. this. It's by, you know, <laughs> I used to give out just, I would make PDFs. <laughs> I just put PDFs together with some screenshots and little instructions. And I thought, I thought I was awesome, but yeah. That's a good way to go too. <laughs> some people love PDFs. Yeah. <laughs> And bear in mind, if you're doing, let's say you're doing a 10 grand project and you're spending 10% of that time on client training, why wouldn't you record it and then just have that ready to go next time? And even if you're not comfortable on camera, there's plenty of third-party services, even specific ones for Divi, that are series of videos that have been put together doing everything from how to create a post all the way through to custom mm -hmm. products, creating products and everything else. So even if it's worth investing in one of those, if you're not. Um, if yeah, there was something that. called the client class. I don't know if he's still around, but a couple years ago, he was one of the first people that I ever saw to put together um, video tutorials for Divi specifically. And you could white label it and put it in your dashboard and stuff like that. Um, yeah. I don't know if he's still around, but yeah, there's stuff like that. And then you've got, uh, as Josh said earlier, elegant themes went through a whole thing a little while ago of updating their um, basic tutorials on all of the different modules and things like that and added over 70 videos. So there's loads of content out there for free, even if you're not somebody that wants to sit in front of the camera. Um, so yeah, don't, don't shy away from it. And then you've got to think as well is that in my mind, a project, somebody's coming to you and they're paying you money because they need you to do something that they they need but don't know how to do themselves, right? So I don't really consider making sure they're able to do that scope creep. If they can't do that, then there's been some sort of disconnect in your communication. It should be kind of included in the project. I want to make sure that when I hand a site off, the client knows how to use it, right? They're not going to have to keep coming back to me because in the end, that's going to cost me more money having to answer 50 emails a month because every tiny little thing that they want to do, they have to come to me and get confirmation or reaffirmation about, right? So it's better to provide that stuff. Um, and it should be, if you're coming at it from somebody that's new and you don't have a buildup of kind of tutorials and things that you can show clients, then it should be the same as your FAQs list. If you're ever asked the same question twice, write it down. And then that becomes the basis for your list of FAQs that you can then pass on to every client and say, this is something that lots of people get stuck on. Um, that's, that's 10 less emails a week I have to answer, you know? You could do the same thing. I do this with email templates. So if you get the same question a lot and it's something that you can do with a quick email, to SJ's point you just made, if you do it twice, make a template, whether it's a tutorial video or whether it's just a little email template that you save as a text document or, or something like that. Yep. It'll save so much time. Uh, I do that left and right now. I have like a catalog of email templates that way. I can just I do that with in. my dog foster applications. Can oh, there you go. That? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Thanks. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's all about saving time. I mean, that's really scope creep is one of the biggest problems is it's taking the amount of time that we just didn't anticipate for. Well, and I feel like it fosters disrespect of the profession. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like if you're always giving in and be like, okay, okay, then I don't know that I would respect somebody who's just like, okay, sure, I'll do whatever you tell me. Like, I want to hire somebody who's going to do what's good for me. I mean, if I wanted, I don't know. I won't go down that Yeah, path. like if, if, I had, if we had a handyman redo our kitchen and I'm like, oh, by the way, could you just knock out our bathroom too? That would right. be great. <laughs> He's probably, you know, he or she is probably going to... Uh, that's a good example, actually. Yeah. That's a really good example. But you, you also have more respect for somebody that can stand up for themselves and say, nope, you're wrong. Because I'm hiring <laughs> you to be the expert. You know, I'm not... Again, like using the, the plumber analogy or the, the contractor yeah. analogy, if I went in and was like, do you know what? Take out that supporting beam. 
And they went, are you sure? And I think that's a good idea. <laughs> right. The wants what the client wants, take it out. And then my house falls down. I'm blaming that guy. I'm not blaming myself. I'm going to be like, why did you let me do that? You're supposed to be the expert. <laughs> like, sometimes you have to say no and say, actually, you don't want that. Yeah, you don't want a rooster crowing when somebody opens your website. Exactly. It's, yeah, it's, it's a fine line. It's a fine line being respectful about it too, because for me, I want clients to feel like I'm going to go above and beyond for them as a client. But there's such a thin line of like being a, somebody who's responsive and will go that extra mile, but can also be walked over. So it, it's tricky. Um, yeah. And this is one of those things you'll have to to work on how you communicate and everything. But yeah, it's it's standing up for for your value and your worth, but then also at the same time giving your giving your client just a little extra to make them feel awesome. Let's talk about some things. I know we've kind of touched on quite a few of them throughout this whole time, but let's specifically talk about how to overcome scope creep. What do you, what I think, are the I, mean, think, you I think the biggie is the contract. Um, and I think that's really scary in the beginning when you've never written up a contract, there's plenty of templates out there. I know contract killer is a really popular one. Um, I think in the groups, people have shared their Divi specific contracts. Um, and uh, those are probably good starting points, but I think it all comes back to the contract. You have to have something that you can point to and be like, look, actually, that's not what we agreed on. And, you know, it's, and be, it's like, as you mentioned, it can't be ambiguous. So you do have to be, you know, maybe not like 200 bullet points, but, you know, 20 or something, the big ones. Yeah, that, I was just going to say just a list of, I call them deliverables, like, mm -hmm. you, you know, enough detail to protect yourself, but not too much to overwhelm your client. So 10 to 20 for me is usually average. So it'll be like, front page about us services pages. And I, I might put like five, if they have five services and Maybe. Then testimonials and then like calendar plugin, um, you know, stuff like that. That's just basically like, okay, here are the main things that we're going to do. Um, if it's a store, then it might have like a separate list of, okay, WooCommerce setup, payment integration, stuff like that. And then um, again, just kind of keep it big enough to cover yourself, but then not too big to wear them out or freak them out. Let me rephrase that question a little bit. Obviously, we want the contracts in place, but let's say we do all of that. How do we deal with it when they come afterwards? Oh, and ask for stuff anyway. anyway. <laughs> and ask for stuff anyways. How do you deal with it? I know for me, in the beginning, it was very hard because I was, I did have fear of people. I wanted my clients to like me and I didn't want to disappoint them. And I needed the money because I needed to keep the lights on and the bills paid and the yada, 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 yada. So it was very hard to, you know, I'll be honest in the beginning, I just did it, you know, and then I got to a point where it was no longer acceptable for me to, to do it. And I just had to say, learn how to say no, you know, and learning how to say no can be hard. <laughs> <laughs> hard, you know, um, at least for me, it, it, it was, but once I got into that routine and I realized that, um, like, you know, SJ and Leslie said, they respected me more when I did, you know, speak up, stand up and say, you know what, I can't do that. We can do that, but it's going to cost more money and stuff. And, um, you know, when you turn it back on them, here's one of the tips that I do. And I've done, and we've said this before on Divi Chat, this is nothing new, but I'll reiterate it here. One thing that I've done is, here's the agreement. Here's what we agreed to do. This is the, what you agreed to pay me. I understand you want this. So what do you want to remove from this so that we can put this <laughs> in, add it in for you? And then they're going to be like, you turn it back on them. Absolutely, we can do that. But we have a finite amount of money that we agreed upon which one of these things do you want to take out of the agreement that's less important for this new thing that you want to put in? You do that on fixer upper. And, and I'll tell you what, buddy, you put it back on them and then they realize, Oh, you know, I think it kind of dawns on them that they're asking you to do something for free. Um, but it's hard. Like I said, for me, it's hard in the beginning to do that, but I can promise you if you can, walk through that fear one time, it's going to get easier and easier and easier. And then you're going to get to the point where you don't really want to deal with 
PETA clients anyways, pain in the ass. And you're just not even going to take them. You, you won't even, you'll turn down those projects. and you'll turn into a meanie like me. <laughs> not enough money on the planet that'll make you want to work with those after you've worked with 10 or 20 or 30 of them, you know? So um, Nancy, Nancy on the, the YouTube chat raised a really good question. And it is, wouldn't this be a good time to sell a maintenance plan or a maintenance package uh, for client training? And I would say yes, but you kind of, you want to eliminate scope creep in every area before uh, you even get to a maintenance package, because um, there's a whole lot that goes into a successful maintenance plan. Um, so I, I would say in that case, like, yes, that is an area where you could offer more training, but I, I feel like you don't want to pressure a client into that. You want to make them like want that. You don't want to make them feel like, oh gosh, I need to buy a monthly plan just to know how to use my website. So you want to make him feel like, oh, wow, I, you know, he's, he's, he or she's given me so many good resources already. I feel like they're an expert. Absolutely. I want them to be in my corner moving forward. Um, so I guess, yeah, that's, you could, you could, you know, do more training and, and um, prevent co scope creep with a maintenance plan, but I would tread lightly with how you go about that for sure. I would almost I, say you want to eliminate scope creep first and then then worry about that. A few years back, I just stopped taking clients who wanted to do anything more than blog post. Um, and I, I was, I guess maybe I was lucky. The my blogging clients, I wasn't their first web designer. I was the, I did their redesign, so they had already come in knowing how WordPress worked and how to do a default post and all that. Um, so I haven't really had to deal with someone who knew nothing and then train them. Um, I, I learned early on, I don't like training. I don't like doing the one-on-one. -on -one. I don't, it's just too time, time consuming to me. It's not about the money. I just don't want to do it. So I, I don't, I really just stopped taking clients who were, I knew were going to want to be updating pages and, you know, maybe later they might want this. I would just refer them to other people. Now that's just me. You know, I, I'm very picky about what type of client I work with. Cause I think I just only work well with certain types. Um, but, uh, I forgot where I was going with that. But yeah, but also the, when it comes to maintenance, um, it is a good time to kind of segue into that because they do need to understand the whole, you know, updates of the themes and the plugins, you know, security and all that. Um, if you can parlay that into a reason to get on a maintenance plan, you know, and well, that's, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Just going back a little bit as well. Um, make sure that your client knows that they're asking for stuff beyond the scope because they could be just saying stuff to you and they're not sitting there kind of reading the contract, getting the ins and outs of what was included. They're just saying what they want. And if you're just going, mm, all right, and then doing it, they may not even know that it's going beyond the scope. And if you actually tell them, they might just go, you know, my bad. Okay. How much is this going to cost me? And they may not be trying to be a, a hard client. They may just genuinely be unaware. Um, it doesn't have to be a difficult conversation. You could say something as simple as, oh, my bad, I, was this included in the original contract? I'm having a hard time finding it. And then that directs them to kind of have to go through the contract and then go, okay, actually, you're right, that wasn't included. And then you can say, okay, this is an additional cost. What I don't like doing is revising an, an, an original contract. So I think once you've got that in place, keep it. And then anything that you do that goes beyond that, have a separate contract for it. And then you can kind of keep the two things separate and say, look, let's just get this finished first. This is what we're working on right now. And then we can start doing this because otherwise you're bringing, even if you're being paid for it, you're bringing extra functionality and extra work into this contract that you've already set a timeline for. And now you're pushing yourself up against the deadline to do the extra work that they wanted to do. And it's not, it's not a matter of whether or not they're paying for it. Even if they're paying for it, you can't buy time and you're still going to have to try and get this stuff done. So yeah, firstly, make sure that they know what they're doing is scope creep. If they do, make sure you're being paid for it and then make sure that it sits outside of your current contract. Get what you were paid to do done and then revisit the stuff that they want to do afterwards. And maybe that does come into a maintenance contract. Maybe you can say something along the lines of, there's two hours development time included in your maintenance contract. So why don't we just get one of those set up? Cause it sounds like you've got a lot of really interesting ideas that you're going to want me to kind of address. <laughs> as we go 
I just, I was um, just going to say, yeah, that's a great point, SJ, because Nancy was just making that point in the chat that scope creep can actually be kind of a, a lead or a, um, a potential segue to a maintenance plan or additional services. If it is something like the clients, like I'd like to manage my website, you give them some resources and then they're like, oh my gosh, this is too much. Do you, can you do this? And I'm like, yeah, I have a maintenance plan. It's half what my hourly rate is. So you can sign up for this month. If you have any updates, we'll do that for you. Uh, so it can, it can be a tool to use as well. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I'm getting I like, excited. I like, yeah. I like phase one, phase two. I use that a lot too, whenever I'm yeah. communicating. Yeah. With yeah break company. it up. Yeah. yeah SJ's make it digestible. Really make point. it seem, you know, clear. Yeah. Um, and something I want to add that I really bit me in the butt several times um, before I stuck it in the contract, the amount of revisions, because if you don't mm -hmm. clarify that, who knows? I mean, they're going to expect to tell you to change stuff forever. Um, and, and there has to be like a certain cap, you know, maybe like three to five, or maybe it's a time frame that you put on it or something. Everybody does it different. But um, I, I learned that the hard way and we were just going on forever. Like, oh, what about this? And like, okay, we need to stop. You know, we're not making three different websites here. Yeah, I, I had a, a, a thing happen where I did a website and then the header was blue. And then the client was like, can we have it a little bit bluer? And I don't really know what that means. <laughs> But I changed it to make it a little bit darker because I assume that's what they meant. And then I got an email back saying bluer and then I made it a bit darker. And then they sent me an email back saying less blue. Now, there are 16 million hexadecimal colors. So we could be doing this for a long time. Nail down how many revisions they're allowed to make. Bluer. <laughs> like that. Bluer. <laughs> bluer. 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 <laughs> well, have we, have we missed anything on uh, how to prevent scope creep? I think we've covered it pretty good. Oh, uh, I, um, I, I want to share. I, I won't say the whole story, but I recently had um, it was a miscommunication. and It was entirely my fault. I had a, a client who and they were telling me things to do to the to the redesign. And we were doing this all through email. So, you know, there's no tone. There's no, you know, inflection. You can't really know how people are talking. And I took it in a very negative way. And I reacted in a negative way. Once we got on the phone, it was totally cleared up. Uh, I, you know, she was not trying to tell me how to do my job at all. She just didn't know. I didn't explain well enough. So I encourage you to get on the phone or a Skype and not do everything through email because, um, yeah. especially if it's going to be a lot, if you're working on a development site, like, I'm not talking about the little stuff like changes after it's done. I'm talking about the big stuff, like when you're in it. Um, I encourage you to get some real voices in there because uh, I, I was embarrassed. I mean, I, I acted really stupidly and she's super sweet and everything's fine now, but um, I should have known better, but yeah, <laughs> get I on the phone. Don't be scared. <laughs> you bring up an excellent point that gets so misconstrued through text. I can't tell you how many times, not only in business, but in personal life mm -hmm. where I have misinterpreted you know the text i'm putting an emotion on text you yeah. know and it's based on my own emotions so i'm reacting and i i think that is a fantastic point to bring up to you know communicate other than textually because it can you can really burn some bridges and you know get angry when there was no need to get angry. The client, yeah. oh, it's, <laughs> do this. Oh, I don't have a problem with that, you know. And it's like you're firing at him. Yeah, like, yeah. She just didn't know a... that she was at. Like, like what SJ said, she didn't know it was scopey. She didn't know she was trying to direct me. You know, it was yeah. Yeah, totally my fault. And also, yeah. if, if you're reading, kind of, you kind of like what David was saying there. You inflect your own emotions and kind of mood onto what you're reading. So that's dangerous. What you should do is imagine that everything that you're reading is being sung to you by a Disney princess. <laughs> you're going to get the best version of that. Even if it's not what they meant, you're kind of responding in a positive manner. You're fired. You're fired. <laughs> you're fired. Uh, I don't think that's right. <laughs> yeah. And just, just try and kind of keep positive because otherwise you do end up kind of pushing your own kind of mood and opinions on other people when actually they're just being perfectly polite and you're might really be, yeah, it might be worth another Divi chat to talk about how to communicate with clients. Cause right. that's, that's yeah, a great that's idea. Good. That's a great one. I I'm think uh, I, I apologize right now for you people listening on audio and you had to hear SJ and I attempt <laughs> to 
Disney songs, at least the people who are watching us on YouTube got a little bit of entertainment value out of it. <laughs> I'm, I'm already cool. working on the auto-tune Divi Space remix of that. Oh, God. <laughs> Awesome, awesome. Well, I think uh, any other questions? <laughs> new favorite Disney princess. Uh, that would be me, SJ. <laughs> um, the client communication gets really bad. Just start responding to everything with memes. That, yeah. that solves everything. And, and GIFs. And GIFs. GIFs work really good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I, I think we did a good job. Um, it's good to be back. It's good to, you know, Tell everybody a happy new year. Uh, I'll try to link to some contract templates because I think that's a big yeah, thing a good for idea. beginners. Yeah, it's a, it's a great one. I agree. That would be a big deal. Um, well, we hope we've helped you with preventing scope creep. Um, it's going to happen. It's going to come up. It's uh, a growing pain. Don't get yeah. down on yourself. Everything's a Just lesson. Learn how to deal with it appropriately. And... Uh, and it can be a positive thing. It doesn't always have to be a negative thing. I know that we, it seems like it's a negative thing, but it really doesn't have to be if you know how to deal with it properly and stuff. Um, so yeah, there you go. Awesome. Great stream guys. Thank We're doing you. final thoughts or is that, or final thoughts on the thing? Sure. Or, go ahead, Josh. You want to start us off? Yeah. Yeah. I apologize, by the way, everyone who's watching on video, uh, it's getting dark during Divi chat. So I'm probably glowing like a like an angel or something right now. Um, You're very white. Oh, thank you. Yeah. You, look, you, you look like a Twilight character. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah I, I could try to fix it, but we're, we're really done. So anywho, very good. Um, what I would say, I was going to say like, you know, do the dead or do the uh, deliverables and all that stuff. But we really talked about a lot of that. So what I would say is you're never going to stop scope creep in the way of like, it's always going to be an issue. It's going to be something you're going to have to battle every project. So what I would say is, yeah, just like what we were talking about, um, just pre be prepared for it with all the solutions we've talked about, because it's going to come up every time. So don't, oh, here it is. Here's my final thought. Don't let scope creep surprise you. Be as much as you can in control of it because it's going to happen whether you like it or not. It's going to be a going to be a part of every project that you're going to have to battle. Boom! Thank you, Josh. Who's next? Leslie, we got um, in my order. Leslie's next. <laughs> um, I I will just say um, once you've kind of maybe been in into it for you know be doing it like a year or two and you get a little confidence and you get better at what you do. Don't be afraid to say no to certain projects. Um, I personally, for me, it worked really well to find the right client and the right type of project that I that makes me happy, that I don't dread going to work for, that I don't dread hearing from this person. Um, I think when you get to, you know, you kind of know when you 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 can start saying no. Um, I, I think it's important to don't be afraid to start being a little bit pickier with, with who you work with because, um, you know, it, it doesn't have to be the best fit. You know, you're not going to be the best fit for everybody and that's okay. Um, yeah, okay, that's it. <laughs> SJ. Um, my first parting thought, I have two, um, is that scope creep sounds like another word for a stalker. Um, <laughs> and, my, and my second thought is that, just, just a couple of points, make sure your contracts are nailed down, make sure that you don't approach scope creep negatively, it could be a lead in disguise. Um, and, and third, yeah, as Josh said, don't let it surprise you. You will have, it will happen in more projects than it won't happen in projects. So be surprised when it doesn't happen, but just be prepared for it and make sure that you <laughs> be thankful. That's good. Uh, I guess my final thought is I wasn't going to have one, but now listening to you three with your final thoughts, it made me think of a final thought. And this may, this, this final thought may give you some hope because we don't nearly have as much scope creep as we used to have. And it's not because, um, I think it's because of the way that we deal with clients now. Um, we know how to head it off at the pass and we, it's, it's, it's upfront with everything that we do and stuff. Um, by letting them know what's expected of them and what they can expect from us and stuff. So um, the good news is, is that down the road, if you're new in web design, it will, you'll eventually get to a point where 
it gets less and less and less because, and it almost becomes a non-issue because you, you really know how to deal with it and stuff. So I hope this episode has helped all the watchers and listeners on iTunes and wherever you're listening or watching us at and uh, looking forward to 2019. Want to hear about your, your stories with scope creep, please come over to YouTube, drop us some comments in the YouTube chat. You know what? Those comments help us and it helps people find us smashing that like button on the video. If we gave you some good information also helps people find us. And if you really want to get go cray cray, share this YouTube video on the socials, wherever you're at and let people know that we're here and come join us live if you can. Uh, so that's all I got to say. And you're on YouTube anyway, so go and listen to Creep by Radiohead because that's the soundtrack <laughs> to this episode. <laughs> all right. All right, everybody. Well, we'll see you next week. See you. Bye, care. everyone. Bye. Bye. <laughs> all right. Okay.